As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, welcome to Black Ticulate, a podcast series featuring UK young black professionals, where we find out how they do what they do, so you can too. Or not. After all, it is your life. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Black Ticulate, a podcast series that features UK young black professionals, where we try to find out how they do what it is they do, so you can too. We are basically asking them to send that lift back down so we can rise. Now, today's episode, we have Michelle Owusu, who has many, many hats, but on this occasion, we are speaking to her specifically about being a marketing manager for Channel 4. Yes, guys, Channel 4. She's been in Channel 4 for the last five years, working on documentaries. She's worked on Made in Chelsea, Empire, etc., etc. More to the point is she does give us best pieces of advice on how to get into the industry specifically what marketing actually is because marketing can be quite an ambiguous term but she specifies what that means within channel four and the resources she uses the news outlets and like media consumptions to keep herself up to date with her industry she gives us that and yeah she's just phenomenal really and truly she just is She gives us her details, so I do highly recommend getting in touch with her if you can. Now, before we go, any feedback about this episode or Black Tick Lake genuinely would be invaluable. So do hit us up on our social media handles, Black Tick Lake across all major platforms, or via email, which is contact at blacktickleg.com. Now, let's get back to this episode. It's a great episode, especially if you want to know what marketing is. If you want to know how to get yourself into a big news institution like Channel 4, I can't imagine anyone better than Michelle, who's been doing it for the last five years, to help us along the way. So without further ado, I bring to you Michelle Owusu. Bye.
All right, I think we're pretty cool. good. And they can separate that from the uh, Yeah, exactly. So the voice you're hearing is Michelle. <laughs> is it Owusu? Owusu. Am well I saying done. that right? Well hey, I should do. We're well neighbours. We're neighbours. Ghanaian versus a Nigerian <laughs> jollof. Oh, <coughs> going he's going there. Shut up, <laughs> This is going to be a great conversation. So yes, like I mentioned earlier, and the voice you are listening to is Michelle Owusu. So say hi. Hi everyone. Hey. As he said, Michelle Owusu here. Some people call me Michelle Shanti. That's just a nickname. Hey. But we're all friends and family here, right? So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can call me Michelle Shanti if you want. <laughs> How comes? Why do you call that? It's a really long story and not a funny one. Okay. So I'll, I'll let that slide by. But um, no, it was just a nickname that I got in uni. My friends started calling me Shanti okay. um, for some sort of reason. And then it just stuck. Black friends. Yeah, okay. it's always those, okay. isn't it? Just yeah. give me the <laughs> yeah, just right And then it stuck, and then I embraced it. So I yeah, like sometimes it. you just embrace. Is things. that all on your Twitter handle? It is. Stuff? Is it? Yes, <laughs> at Michelle Shanty on Twitter. Boom. There you go. Got the yeah. plug in already. Already, and I was going to do that at the end, but you know I what? I work in marketing, not? like seriously. <laughs> there you go. So look at that segue. <laughs> nice. So yes, the reason why we've actually got you here is because you do work in marketing. Yes. And for a specific uh, company, which I'm sure we all will know, you know what? Let me not do you the service. Tell us what it is you do and we'll just we'll chop it up. Cool, we'll go from there. So I work in marketing. I work at Channel 4 in the marketing team and I have been here about five years now. So Damn, yeah. You got hit those rungs. Yeah. <laughs> got those handcuffs on. So yeah, riding deep. Um, so yeah, I've been at Channel 4 for about five years working in the marketing team and it's across various departments that I've sort of developed my experience. So I used to work across documentaries and news and current affairs. Then I used to work on E4 for a bit. Um, so working like Made in Chelsea and helping launch <laughs> Empire when it came she to the UK. She winked at me when she said Made in Chelsea, and, by the way. I know it's a guilty like, pleasure. Like, you look like a Made in Chelsea guy. You will love it. Um, so yeah, I worked on the campaign that launched Empire in the UK as well. And then now I work across drama. So the likes of Humans, um, National Treasures, really high profile dramas with high profile talent. Amazing. So that's the department I'm in at the moment. So that's the day job. You've got many hats, aren't you? Yeah. I love it. You yeah, said that's the day that's job. That's the day job. All right. Let's, uh, we've got <laughs> that, guys. So cool. let's actually hear the other hats as well. Yeah, and we'll get hats. back to the day job, <laughs> the money maker. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've always loved television, hence why I'm working at Channel 4. It's always been a channel that I've always wanted to work at. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I've got a real passion for diversity and the inclusion of diverse voices and stories in TV and film in particular. Um, I guess it's just stemmed from growing up and not really having that many UK references. It's always been Sister Sister, Moesha, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that I always used to watch. And there was very few UK bits and pieces around. Yeah. So that, I think that always stuck with me. Okay. Um, and then obviously trying to get into the industry and finding it a bit difficult because I didn't really know how. I just thought, well, this is my passion. I love television. Let me just start a little side blog about it. Ah. So that's how so that you sort were of started. So yes, I was blogging. Around what um, age is this, do you want me asking? Oh my gosh. Well, that's probably... Well, I had we a birth blog. what age you are, anyway, with a sister-sister reference. Gosh, I've revealed myself. <laughs> um, but I had... My first time I started blogging, I probably was in university. And that was more a social commentary blog. So it wasn't anything TV related. I just... I think blogging was coming up and it was... What was the site? Was it blog site? Blogs, blogspot? Blogspot, yeah. Yeah, blogger blogspot. That's what I was using. And it's just social commentary, but again, still around the idea of diversity and how brands all presented it. And then, obviously, trying to get to TV, trying to figure out how. 
then I stopped using the social commentary blogger for all, moved it to television. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that probably about five years ago. Amazing. Um, There's a lot to be said about that, you know, where yeah. you were just doing it, yourself started, you didn't need permission, you exactly. blogging while still had your eye on the prize of trying to get on TV. Exactly. And I found that sort of helped as well, getting through to Channel 4. Because mm. in the interview, yes, I could say I've done all my degrees or not all my degrees. I've got one degree. In <laughs> but done my degrees, did my master's. But they were really fascinated with the things I had done outside of academic stuff. Right. So it talks a lot about the blog that I have. And it's SceneTV. SceneTV.co.uk is, is the website. Oh, does it still um, exist? Yeah, it exists. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so this is the blog that I'm currently running now. But it's more, it's turned into almost like a platform for news um, opportunities for people to get into the industry and um, features on up and coming creatives and scene S E E N C E N E scene scene like end scene yes scene TV yeah so what started as just an outlet for mm. my passion about diversity has now turned into a platform that actually really helps other people Amazing. um so over the last five years, I've just sort of seen it grow and the audience numbers grow as well. And the opportunities that have come with it have been amazing. I get to go to a lot of screenings. For example, last month, I think Spike Lee was in the country. Yes, he was. Yes. So he yeah. did like an intimate Q&A. And a BFI, right? At, yes. Yes. Um, so I was able to go down to that. And it was hosted by an experiential events company called We Are Parable. Got to report on that event. And last year, we were officially accredited to be a media sort of outlet for the London Film Festival, again, hosted by the BFI. Amazing. So got to go to press junkets and screenings. Hold sort of things like And this is everything outside <laughs> of the Channel 4. Exactly. Jeez. So I always say, yes, Channel 4 is like the day job and I love it to bits, but I would always emphasise engaging with your passion projects because, one, that's what helped me get into Channel 4 as well because, like I said, they were so fascinated with, oh, my gosh, you've gone out of your way, use your own initiative to develop your passions outside and it just shows creative thinking shows initiative and those are all the things we would like in someone working here how is that not your nine to five then it (laughs) sounds like it's it feels like a nine to five and it's and it's only recently in the last year six months maybe that i've brought people in to now help because obviously rising the ranks at channel four means even more work and responsibility which i do love but then it also limits the time that you have outside of work to try and dedicate to your passion. So I'm trying to keep them at an even keel in terms of the effort I give, but obviously most of my hours are spent at work. work. Um, So I do have a few interns that sort of report on events and and it gives them... them And then basically build up their experience. Exactly, and And I think that's a useful way to sort of give back as well. So people are trying to be like journalists and they're fresh out of uni and they just want to be in and amongst the industry because... I meet a lot of people just by going to events yeah, and sure. people in a similar field. So it's so valuable to do that. So to be able to give other people who want to be in that area that exposure and those, that access. And a Sing TV is an, an angle specifically, because I know you said you're all about diversity yeah. and inclusivity. So yeah. is it just spotlighting and showcasing people of colour? Yeah, or? so I would say the majority of it would be through a black sort of lens. Okay. Because you're but, black. I know, yeah, of <laughs> and because it started as a passion project and mm. it's come from a real place and that I did not see myself reflected. So in some ways it does, it is skewed that way, I would say. 
But then we do look at other cultures. For example, we just reported on an Indian season that the BFI are hosting about Indian filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, disability is another angle that we go in. And also just class as well, because that's the big issue. Like, right. it's not only race. And I think a lot of these things, can, you know, are intersectional. Yeah, so can. class is a big yeah. issue as well. So Please. making sure, you know, there are enough people from working class environments. I did not know female directors is a big, big issue in the industry as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it covers all angles, but I will say, yes, if you go onto the website, you might see that there is a black screen, but I'm not That's sort of... I mean, you're on black ticulate here, so... I know you guys. So you I'm speaking you, to the right kind yeah, of people. No one's going to throw stones. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we spoke to our white friend and we said it was okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, our white friend to say. It's, it's funny because I never knew this. I actually brought you on here because of marketing oh, for Channel 4. I but know, but yeah. Is it, is it a money issue? Is that why you haven't done... Fully fledged into scene TV. Yeah, I think I think it's probably like all online platforms that have started up. You try and find your way and find a way that you can monetize what you're doing so it can turn into a full time job. So that one, but I would say the largest thing I do love what I do at Channel Four. Like I've always wanted to work at Channel Four. Studied marketing, did international marketing masters. So it's always been a dream for me to be here. So at the same time, it's it's because I like doing both. Okay, Um, well, you've touched upon that. Can we get into the professional context? Yeah, cool. You love doing what you do at Channel 4. What yes. do you do at Channel 4? Yeah, so what do I do? I'm going to try and be succinct yeah, as possible. Okay. So marketing's role is all about making sure people know a program is on and to want to watch it. So you're dealing with a lot of analysis and research into how the human mind sort of works and what will convince someone to watch a program. And also mm. just behaviours. You know, when do people, where do people go where do people want to watch television, especially now where there's so many different platforms you can watch TV on. Yeah, so it's a lot of it's founded in research and, and behaviours, but that's basically what marketing's role is. It's making sure people come and watch a TV programme. For example, Made in Chelsea. Say if Made in Chelsea's coming back for a new series, they're like, oh my gosh, it's coming back. You need to let people know. <laughs> Not in that voice, but yeah, something along those lines. Um, so what we would do, we'd sit down and we'd say, okay, what's going to be our marketing strategy and campaign? So usually it consists of on-air trailers. That's our biggest, biggest sort of asset, um, running trailers on Channel 4 and Channel 4's other networks because we have E4, More 4, Film 4, 4, 7. Right. So there's quite a few. Um, and Dare I say, is it free to do so since it's your own assets? I mean, yeah, if it's a program for Channel 4, yes, you definitely run that in your own airtime. We yeah. own the airtime, so you just Precisely. you sort of okay. pick where you want to run that. No one holler at me for any free advertising because <laughs> I cannot help you. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so we have an internal agency called 4 Creative, right. and they have producers and directors. So you'll sit down with them and say, okay, maybe Chelsea's coming back. We've got to make an exciting new trailer to get people excited about it. These are the storylines. Put this in it, put that in it. So it's a lot it's of- not real. The story. Ooh, did I spoil something? <laughs> no, I can go into that a little bit later, but it isn't real. The situations may be manufactured slightly. Yes. But um, <laughs> real people, real stories. But yeah, this is what so-and-so is going through this month, right. and this is what we should include. So um, once you've got all that down, they'll cut a trailer, a really nice trailer, and you'll sort of feedback with it. You'll speak to the legal teams as well to make sure that there's nothing in it that's offensive. You get it signed off by the commissioner, who's the person who sort of brought the program into the channel in the first place. Right. Um, so that's one area, trailers. Then with some big campaigns, we do a marketing off, we call it off air, so it's not on Channel 4. So that could be posters, radio ads, newspaper adverts, yeah. digital, Facebook, social, Twitter, Instagram ads. And that all feeds into you. So as a marketing manager, you've got to manage, oversee that whole strategy 
and sort of pick, okay, these are the media that we're going to go down to. And usually based on research, as I said, so you'd be like, okay, well, made in Chelsea, it's typically women of a certain age. We need to hit them here, here, here. Yeah. Um, and then, so as a marketing manager, you've got to oversee all those different elements and make sure it's campaigns delivered on time, make sure that it's effective, make sure that your budget, you're using that effectively as well, and making sure people come in and watch. So, so yeah. what are you measured on? So largely, there are quite a few, few sort of, metrics I would yeah. say the main one is viewing figures because right. I guess that's the job you have to make sure people come and watch but there are always factors that can run against you and marketing don't work in a silo yes. you also have the press team you might say press is a dying industry some people might argue but it definitely isn't when you look at the research and the people that found out about a program they're looking in a magazine or in the listings it is probably higher than you think it would be no 100% they said if you have the last pound to spend spend it on PR there you go. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. They, they nice make. stat. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not a marketer myself. All oh, right. No. Oh, I am. <laughs> I'm with but, my people. I'm yes. with my people. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so, so you work on a large budget yeah. and then you obviously have to ensure that the people eyeballs, watch people watch it. And then also it's about brand as well. So some of the research we do after a campaign is how has this campaign had an impact on how people see Channel 4? Because it is Channel 4's something that relies on the brand. Like mm. when you say Channel 4, it makes you think of so many different things, like innovative, diverse, you know, um, great, fun, risky programs. So it's how does your campaign posit- positively, yeah. you know, impact that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not always about the ratings. And a lot of times it's about reputations. For example, some of our news and current affairs programs, they're not going to be as big as EastEnders in terms of numbers, but they're going to win awards and they're going to get, you know, BAFTA nods, Golden Globe nods, Emmy nods, and they have done in the past. So it's about the reputation as yeah. well. So you've always got to keep that in mind. Do your parents know what you do? This is something I've been trying <laughs> to tell them for so long. Like, oh, is well, it? <laughs> yeah, well, they're just, ah, where's Channel 4 now? Uh, yeah, she's, they'll go to the church yeah, and yeah. announce it. <laughs> yes, my daughter is now working for Channel 4. And they're like, oh, Channel 4. Yeah. But then ask them what I do and see yeah. what they come out with. Be... I don't think they know. I think they think I make programs. Interesting. Because I'm wondering what that conversation is because you're working in a media industry. Yeah. Um, what was that conversation like? I or know. did they ever like try and push you into I'm, a certain... When I hear other people's stories, I talk, talk about, oh, you know, their dad was meant to be a doctor or an engineer yeah. or a lawyer. I'm so thankful. Like, I didn't really get pushed into those oh, areas. Really? And none of my siblings really did. I've got a sister who works in healthcare, another, guy, another brother who works in digital marketing. He's an analyst and then another one who is just finished uni, but he's trying to pursue like a business accounting sort of route. But we've never been sort of dictated to by our parents. All they say is you need to get your profession, something that you studied, something that you can get a job with at the end of the day. So I do remember when I was picking my A-levels and I said I wanted to do dance. (laughs) You can imagine how well that went down so I think that's the only th- only time I've been like can you can you leave yeah. get out get out of this room yeah I think that's the only time I've been like told by my parents because I loved dance as a child and my parents really invested in it oh, I started what, out what gymnastics like, yeah. Sent you to yeah I went dance. to gymnastics my dad paid for like gymnastics classes I, I went to dance all through my, my childhood so I thought yeah these parents are backing yeah. me I'm, yeah. I'm living gonna be dancing for Beyonce <laughs> y'all. Skill, I know okay. <laughs> get my Zonto ready yeah. get my Zonto down came I was like yeah cool so I'm gonna do business English media and dance when I was like here yeah. <laughs> had on <laughs> had on me so what did you do instead so A levels I did business studies English just because I really love English media studies mm. 
and I did psychology for an AS level. And then moving from that, you went into then higher I went to, education. Yes, yeah, so I went to university. Year. I went to Aston University in Birmingham. Okay, wow. Yeah, so to that's hear that. a, oh, <laughs> I'll take it. God, I'm going to leave. You know, these shots are just so uncalled for. <laughs> No, oh, what's a good year. <laughs> yeah. Where did you go? Um, I went back to LCC. Oh, so cool. London. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, so, cool. So good. Yeah, I think uni was a fun, fun, fun time. Yeah. So I did marketing, so very straightforward. Did you know you needed to do that in order to do what it is you do now? I thought it, I did it because I liked it. And I think that's something I've always done throughout my life. I do things because I like it. Okay. Not necessarily... I don't necessarily have my parents in my head saying you need to do this because you're going to get a job at the end of the day. Right. I tend to do things because I like to. I really like marketing because there's a mix of being creative and being strategic. And yeah. I think that just mix works with the things I was interested in and my personality as well. So I'm creative but very logical and I like to look at research before I make a decision. It's that sort of merge of the two. Mold's quite nice. But yeah. So yeah. you don't need to do marketing to, like, when you speak to the people in my team, I think I'm the only one who has studied marketing. Like through and through marketing. Through and through marketing. Okay. You've got people who've done English, philosophy, um, yeah, sociology, okay. like even maths. What? So you don't necessarily need it. And I think it's something I learned about the industry quite late. So that's when I said, oh, I was struggling to find out how I could join the industry because I thought you need to have all this this media experience, I, don't, I didn't have any strict media qualifications, I didn't know production very much, but I loved television. So having that passion for television is what shone. Right. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't... Uh, yes, I think going to university shows a certain skill set and a certain, I put quote-unquote, intelligence, because I think people assume, okay, you've been to university, you've passed with a certain grade, then yeah. there's a certain sort of common sense that you might have or, or the, intelligence about you or, or the you, ability and attitude yeah. to love a certain duration it's of time. the time exactly and i always always say people like oh you did this year at university you did your master's so smart i was like no i just know how to pass i know how to study yeah and i like to study <laughs> and i know how to play the game to pass an exam right like if someone asks me a question you could say and that's why i have a, a, a niggling thing about exams and written exams because i always feel like you can have the most amazing response to a question that is asked that no one's ever thought of before and it shows such a level of intelligence. But if it's if in the marking book you haven't asked, you haven't you mentioned said the those points, words, those keywords, you'll yeah. get a zero. Yeah. So I have a big issue with the whole exam system, but I can't take that one on. I've yeah. got diversity to deal with, so yeah, I've got to pick my battles. But yeah, so that's what I mean. There's an assumption of going to university that yeah, you have a certain set so of there, skills. So no, so basically, you're saying there's no typical route in. I wouldn't say there was, and I but think you just need to be passionate. About... I think passionate and show that. So anything you could do outside of work. So, insofar as your role specifically with Channel Four, yeah, like environment, yes. You've been there for five years. Yes. So you've hit the rungs that can be hit. I'm sure there's still more of them. Yeah, there are still more. <laughs> can you almost, are you able to, for those who are listening, especially those who are aspiring to become marketers yeah. for such a company as Channel 4, what are the rungs? Mm-hmm. Like, and it how do you almost start? Yeah, yeah. and it will differ for, for each one. And it probably has changed now since I've started because now we've got an apprentice in our team. Okay. And that wasn't around five years ago. So... It's probably changed a little bit, but how I started off. Still trying to make more runs. Than <laughs> I know more runs. You've got to dance for your dinner. I know exactly. <laughs> so I started off as a marketing exec, but there was like a marketing assistant role, right? Underneath. So technically, you'll start off as marketing assistant, marketing exec, maybe go to senior marketing exec if that's where I went to afterwards. Right. 
then marketing manager. The marketing manager is where I am at now. Right. And after marketing manager, you've got group marketing manager, and then you've got you might have like a deputy head of marketing or just the head of marketing. Right. And that's, so, yeah. a, that's a top rung. So you two head of, rungs, head of mar- And after head of marketing, hold up, there's directions. a chief marketing Jeez. officer. So and he oversees a lot <laughs> of stuff. Now you become that c I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that, when yeah. you get your own office. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you get a couple more zeros at the end of that bank balance. Get me. Okay. But I think it's, it's nice the way we work because we work in open plan office. So I sit my like deputy head of marketing is right behind me and then again behind her is the head of marketing so we're all quite close and you get to sort of have those open conversations yeah. in the morning and be like oh who's seen game of thrones or you share news about the latest sort right. of marketing strategy that you've heard about so it's really nice sort of environment so do you execute and implement or are you just looking at things strategically and you have all i guess your soldiers executing and implementing for you I would say I'm still part of the implementation. Okay. Um, what does that look like? Yeah, and it, it, an it, it can get thing. down as granular as deciding what copy goes on a social media post. Oh, wow. Uh, but it can get the other end of the spectrum where you're saying, okay, which audience should we go for? Where does our strategy start? So that's the strategy starting point. Right. Um, and then what? how do we position it? What's the one sort of phrase? What's the proposition that we think we're going to hang this whole campaign on? So that's the beginning phase. And as marketing manager, you have a lot of responsibility to set that. I think it took me a while to get to that level where I can set the strategy mm-hmm. because you have to do lots of research, speak to different departments in the building. So it's really about relationships as well and knowing who to talk to. So not just research, you speak to media planning, you might speak to an external media agency to get all the insights you can yeah. to develop that strategy. And that sort of filters down and you're sort of managing that filtering process all the way down to, okay, the copy's going live tomorrow. This is what we need to say on this social media post. Yeah. To sort of say, ah, so like, oh, do we say this? Do we say start tonight? Do we say start tomorrow? Like what's more impactful? <laughs> like it gets so granular to that point. But That's we do amazing. have social media teams that we work with. So along that spectrum and along that line, there are different teams that you work with at different stages. So, right. But the marketing person is the thread that goes through all of it because... That person at the end with the social media, they may not have been across this initial strategy at the beginning. So that marketing person is the it's conduit. Always, yeah. Yes, it's the person who's going to carry it all the way through to love the that end. Word, conduit. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. my word for the day. <laughs> so, I can yeah. tell you love what you do. Oh, you can tell. Yeah, okay, that's good. Time. Honestly, like that's good. I mean, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and stuff, and I really get the opportunity to speak to people who are in traditional corporate environments. Right. Yeah. So, guys, if you are listening to me and you feel you can teach how you do what it is you do, holla. You already know how to. But can we always talk about the pros and cons Mm -hmm. of the role? Because let's not build such a fantasy. Of course. Are there certain types of characteristics, say, for instance, that might not do well Mm -hmm. in the profession? I think if you like working by yourself, this is probably not the role for you. Oh, really? Because, as I said, you're the conduit throughout the whole yeah. strategy and whole campaign and you've got to speak to so many different people as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell b2b either that's why if you're a b2b marketer you should use linkedin ads linkedin has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience that's right over 70 million decision makers all in one place all the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And if you just feel like you're not really a good communicator or you just don't really like dealing with other people, that's why a lot of people become entrepreneurs. So I've heard from my entrepreneur <laughs> friends because they either don't like working too much with other people. And it's people from different walks of life. Yeah. Like that. I would never, not in a rude way, but the people I work with are not always the people that I'm going to get engaged with mm. outside. So you've got to know. And having drinks with them or whatnot. Yes. Exactly. So it is really a people industry. I think anyone will sort of tell you that about media, that it is a people industry. It's about the relationships that you create. It's about the people that you do know. So I think anyone who's just a bit like, I don't want to deal with people every single day. Mm. That's my day, dealing with other people every single day from the moment I get in. It's picking up the phone, speaking to the agency downstairs, making sure they're all fine, speaking to our media agency, speaking to this person, speaking to that person. I talk all day. So by the time I get home, I'm just like, shattered. (laughs) No talking for the rest of the evening. Right, gotcha. Um, So that's why people don't call me in the evening or they just WhatsApp me. I prefer if you just WhatsApp me because I'm done with talking. Related. I really Related. don't like phone calls in well, the evening. Well, I'm grateful yeah. for your time. Yeah, so you? yeah, you're getting the blessing <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to crash in about five seconds. Is so it? Oh, no, no please I'm joking. Don't. <laughs> please don't. Okay. So yeah, I think that's if you don't, one night. If you don't. If you don't enjoy working with, with people, other people. Yeah, such. I think you're going to struggle in a job like this. Any other? Um, this industry thrives on ideas. And you don't have to necessarily be from the creative team to come up with an idea. Ideas can come from anywhere, and that's really encouraged in the industry. A lawyer can come up with an idea, and you're like, oh, I didn't think of it like that. Right. And you sort of embrace it and try to take it on. So, again, if, if you're a person who does like coming up with ideas, it's great for you. If, if you're a person who, I don't know, maybe likes to stick to the rules a bit, then yeah. maybe not. Are there any words? Well, I mean, as with any job, I guess long hours, but I think especially working in media because, you know, you tend to be reactive and sometimes you have to be on your phone. A tweet might have gone awry. Yeah, exactly. You've got to keep your eye on social media. Even like real world events, for example, I also work across Film 4. We have lots of big blockbusters, Film 4 trailers that might have explosions or people jumping off buildings or people in buildings. So it's Mm. just like if something happens in the real world, obviously you don't want to be insensitive and put out a trailer that's, you know, that looks similar to a real world incident that has just happened. So I think it's quite reactive. So 
it means that your normal hours, what might be for some people, some people, they're nine to five. It's not necessarily like that in the media industry. And just with television, it's always on. So it's not some, something that stops at six o'clock and you pick it up, you know, mm-hmm. nine o'clock in the morning and get it. You've still got a few hours during the evening where television's still happening. So you've almost got to keep that in your head. So, so I try to switch off. The hours, yeah. Yeah, Times. I think, the, yeah, time. And I guess because you're so busy, and we are quite a small team here, that there is a lot to do. But I think it's, it's yeah, it's sort of expected. But I think it's a self-care thing that you need to manage within yourself. So I tend to switch off, weekends especially. I think there are enough, peop- enough people on an email chain if something happens. Or I would hear that something happens, and then maybe I'd check that, you know, it doesn't impact any of the work that I'm doing. But I mean, like most of the time, I try to have that self-care and say, okay, I'm done with Channel 4, now I'm in CTV mode, and just try and switch like off. It. But it's not always as easy <laughs> to have, do that. I don't know how to fit this in our conversation, so I might just be really abrupt. But <laughs> guys, you know often, <clears throat> although it might not seem like it, I definitely do try and prep a little oh. with our conversations. <laughs> and so I always ask my guests, or I send them some questions. Yes, they were fun questions. And I just like want a single <laughs> sentence or a single word, right? <laughs> but no, not Michelle. <laughs> but do you remember the first time you felt black? Yeah, I can't remember what I vote now. Right. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think growing up first gen, I think most people who are first gen will say, okay, I knew I was black quite early on because your culture is such a big part of your identity yeah. and even people here they're like oh no Michelle's Ghanaian or, you know, they know that I a lot of the time I say I'm Ghanaian first yeah. um, even though I consider myself British Ghanaian Ghanaian British but being Ghanaian is such a huge part of who I am um, and so I think maybe when I started school yeah. is probably when I first realized like oh okay these worlds are very different having the experiences of my friends and versus the experiences that I have at home and the food that you eat. 100%. I think the food yeah, is, such, the a is big, such a big thing. It's like, oh yeah, did you have fuffle yesterday? No, nah, sausage and things. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Do you ever have fuffle? <laughs> <like, "No." laughs> so I think it's just like, that's probably like yeah. starting school was when you realise, okay, people are different. Yeah. But I think pre then, surround, I had an older sister, I had lots of cousins and where I lived in the area, there were so many, you know, black people around that I felt like, you know, okay, this is my world, this is my bubble. Yeah. You mentioned something which, if you don't mind us talking about no. it, regarding a red car. Yes, yes. It's so When you ask me that question, I think, obviously it's not something I talk about all the time, but it's a memory that I have. It's like I can still see the person's face. So I said in the, um, in the sort of responses that there was, used to be a guy that used to drive around in a red car around my area, southeast London, and used to shout racial things, I think, at kids. I do sort of remember his face is probably melded into another person, but I have an image of him in my mind. And he used to just drive around. I think all the sort of parents knew because every time you see the red car, you'd be like, get away from the red car, like, get back inside, oh, that red car's there again, yes. sort of thing. It wasn't often. It wasn't often. And I think it probably lasted a matter of months before, and then we never ever saw it again. And I would, I've always, I think I said in the response, I don't know if it was a paedophile racist or Both. just a racist <laughs> but I felt like you're only approaching children there must be some paedophile thing about you but um, right. yeah really really odd so I think again and think by that time I started school so I knew that the world was different so I think that was the first time I experienced any kind of racism I would say but at the time I was just like what's, what's this strange man doing I don't really have it I didn't really have a, any context for racism mm. and the school that I went to even though, yes, it was very mixed, it was still it still had a large black community. So I never felt alone. I think 
other people's experiences might have been different. I've got friends who grew up in Coventry or mm. grew up in like more, you know, sort of rural areas and their school experience is totally different to mine. Yeah. So I think um, I almost grew up around my people, I would say, quote unquote. And then when I went to secondary school, I went to you know, St. Savers and Olabs, which is in Elephant Castle. And black girls are the majority in my yeah. class. Like, yeah, we ran that school, basically. <laughs> um, so again, I didn't feel out of place going up to university, going up to college. I went to a Bates one. Okay. <laughs> and it's SFX, which was in Clapham. Wow, she named the same that college, you know. Because I, I do like SFX. Yeah. I know everyone has their things about college and it was a great college, blah, blah, blah. But I enjoyed my time at SFX. I picked up a couple of great friends. So yeah. that's, I see it as a blessing that I went there. Um, I guess uh, going back to secondary school, I did work experience for two weeks and did that at a bank, Walsh Charles Bank. And again, that's the first time I felt a professional setting, like, Ah, so this is what I'm working towards. Right. Just knowing that, okay, I'm not going to be the majority here. I'm probably going to be the one. Right. The one. (laughs) (laughs) In any sort of professional environment. Um, So I I think that prepared me. And then obviously even university, and I I worked in various places. I worked at a PR company, um, Weber Shanwick. um, And then I worked in public sector a little bit for a charity. So again, I think going into those professional settings... And going through to them quite early because I was also made sure that I did work experience during, during university. That's like phenomenal advice, really, yeah. really that people need to I, understand. I would, I say it to my little brother all the time. Like, I know it's easy to say, summer holidays, oh yeah, school's out, let me chill. I could not say how valuable Most that experience, experience yeah. was. Just like every summer, trying to find some kind of, even if it's two weeks, even if it's a couple of days, like just to say, can I shadow you? Can and I'm really like bold and bullshit. Like I, I'll find someone's email address and be like, hey, what's up? Nice. <laughs> I got a proposition for you. <laughs> How about? And someone's. I remember I was watching. Oh, I can't remember what video I was watching. It's probably a Gary V sort okay, of inspirational yeah, Gary, video. He's all, yeah, exactly. So it's always saying, what, think about what you can offer someone. There's a lot of people who go out saying, oh, you know. I really want this job or I really want this, I really want this, blah, 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 blah. But what are you actually offering to this person that you're asking something for? A lot of people will give you an opportunity if they feel like they're going to get something off the back of it. That's human nature. Right. They're quite selfish. Just So it's like, what can, what value can you give to someone? So I think always in my approach, I've always thought about that. Like, what, why would you bring me in? Like, what can I do for you? And it pays back tenfold. So a lot of the jobs that's, I had coming out of advice, uni. That's, yeah. That's phenomenal advice. What's the worst advice you've been given? Ah, worst advice I'd be given. And Sorry, I'm really... I interjected there. I felt like you wanted to say something off the back oh, end of uni. Sorry, I Michelle. Just, no, it's all right. I talk so much. No, it's all good. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, yes. So off the back of uni, a lot of the jobs I got in that small period after finishing uni were recommendations. Amazing. And that's because of years built up doing work experience on the side and you know, building adding context, and building yeah. that content. I cannot say how valuable that sort of is, especially when you come out of uni, then you're just looking like, oh my gosh, what do I do with my life? Like doing that background work. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, this is what I tell those who are coming up. University is going to spit you out regardless. (laughs) Like whether or not you pass or you don't, it's going to spit you out regardless. So are you prepped for the real world? There you go. So when you have an opportunity to actually gain as much experience, it's invaluable because exactly. you're not only gaining experience from the actual discipline that you're looking to go into, 
but actually gaining experience from those professionals who are doing what it is you potentially want to yeah. do when you leave. Yeah. So like I said, at Channel 4, they don't necessarily look for a degree. They're looking, can you communicate? Can you work with other people? Have you got good organisational skills? So if you can build all of that mm-hmm. before you even get into, you finish uni or you're ready to take on like a professional environment, then you put yourself ahead of a lot of people who came out with maybe first, yeah. but don't have any work experience. 100%. So, yeah. Well, amazing. Is there anything, just to put a nail on the professional context before yeah. we go into the light fire <laughs> questions, <Cool. laughs> is there anything that you think I've overlooked in just a conversation that we're having regarding how to do what it is you do? Because mm-hmm. are there any specific tools, any trade, like magazines, mm-hmm. press, anything to be reading, to be just yeah. so I've always been a reader as well. I just love reading books. And a lot of my reading material, when people say, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, a campaign magazine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, okay. it's, like, it's not like a big liter- literary sort of novel that I've sort of got my head buried in. It is trade. A lot of it, newspapers. So like, you mentioned campaign. So magazine. campaign magazine, marketing mag, marketing week, marketing week, yeah. Um, and also broadcast. Okay, is it called broadcast? Yes. Okay. Better be called that because <laughs> I get it every day as an email alert. But it just sounds like that's just so. Oh, so literal. it's like newsletters as opposed to actual physical. Yeah, so copies. you can sign up for a newsletter, but you can also get, but that subscription. You can pay for yeah. the actual sort of copy. Um, and then PR week as well PR week um, and also things like Guardian like before I could even I knew what those trade bits were Media Guardian I was on that every single day because that just gives you a lowdown of the industry and it's for free like people complain that Guardian's so left but you know I am (laughs) I think it fits my my school of thought so um, yeah yeah, Media Guardian is a great great resource and I would say always be on the for opportunities that are probably not you know shouted about the most because the way I got into television or even knew that I could get into it is because I jumped on a scheme by the Edinburgh Television Festival they do it every year it's called the network so they take about 200 young people up to Edinburgh during the international Edinburgh International Television Festival every summer and they just put you in like workshops, masterclasses, Amazing. just learning about script writing, program development, um, marketing, and things like that. Just learning about the industry in general. And they don't ask that you have any experience whatsoever. The application form just says, tell me about a program that you like. Um, and yeah, I had a few other questions about what you're doing, like CV-based questions about what you're currently doing, blah, blah, blah. But at the time I was working PR and I was like, oh, I really want to try this This get into the TV sort of world. And it came up as an ad, as an ad because I was reading The Guardian. Wow. Um, so I saw an ad on there. I thought, off a whim, let me just apply for it. Talked about a programme. I cannot remember what programme I talked about. Might have been like a reality show. Like Made in Chelsea or something like that at the time. I don't know. I can't remember. Or The Hills. I used to love The Hills. Yeah. Oh, so many guilty pleasures. I know. <laughs> so I did that. And I was so surprised that I got through. But yeah. I ended up getting through. There were two other black girls in my class or in that scheme I think now they've probably reached out more and it's probably well known because at the time I'd never heard of it in my whole entire life but having that experience I I think changed my career not to sort of embellish it and make it sound like uh but it was a moment when I thought this is accessible and I think that's it's more of a mindset thing because you're sort of built especially five years ago or longer than that you just built that okay this world is maybe not for me because you don't see yourself as a representation right? exactly so even getting into 
that network was a boost and then being in close contact with people who are head of development at BBC or head of news. And they're so receptive, they were so receptive, they would give you their email addresses. And so off the back of that, I had a few email addresses, I reached out and they were just so like, okay, cool, come in. Amazing. Here's a week. So I spent like two weeks at MTV News. Off the back of that, I met a lady there called Susan Eunice and she was like an MTV producer. She's now working in South Africa. Um, but she had an entertainment website called Punchbowl Blog. Very old school. So I started doing work with them. So you see how it's all, all yeah, linked. And I worked with them for about two yeah. years and going to like mu- more music and entertainment events. So again, it built up my experience and my knowledge in that area. So see how it all sort of links together. And I think it was just like, I opened, it opened a world for me that I never knew I could Amazing. get into initially. So, so you yes. guys listening? So, yeah. <laughs> so try and find schemes, maybe in the most remote place. It's not going to come to you, yeah. is what I would say. And I know that's annoying. Because it's like, why should I have to put so much extra, extra effort into finding it? You know, but you, if you really want it hard enough, you'll go out and look for it. So find those schemes or any sort of initiatives or networking or panels and talks like the BFI, um, Battle Guru, they always do talks. Um, Latimer Talks, like not too long, they had to talk with Reggie Yates and it's like, it's free. You just okay. go down and you just meet so many people who are in the media industry that way and you just make connects. So find talks. Read those industry mags if you're looking for marketing specifically or PR specifically. Read those trade magazines and just like articles and also any sort of books on people that you are inspired by that have written, like biogs or I won't call them self-help books, but you know. Oh, like those lifestyle gurus, so like yeah. Gary Vee and yeah, uh, I, Tony yeah, Robbins. Yeah, I've only dropped yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I oh, look, someone, someone's I, on it. Someone's I, going to book we, list. Listen, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Even though you got me in, but... <laughs> So the same Kenzo cloth. Because I think maybe you might think they're over the top, but they offer good life skills, I feel. I feel. Yeah. So it, in terms of like believing in yourself and going out and getting it, I think they can offer some good skills in that area. They're amazing. So are you yeah. ready for some uh, quick, Ooh. quick round fire questions? Gosh, let's The see. answers don't have to necessarily be quick. Ideally, let's make it quick. Okay, let's make it quick. I can't do quick. You know already. You asked me to write down one sentence and I wrote a paragraph for each response. Um, If I was to mention the word success, he springs to mind and why? One person. Yeah. Well, okay, give me people. Okay, I'm going to say one person. Ava DuVernay, director. And there's a reason why, because she was very passionate about directing, but she didn't really get her break until her 30s. And there are some people who feel like, oh, if I don't get it now... I'm going to give up, it's done, it's too late, I'm too old, and whatnot. And I guess you always hear about those overnight successes or child prodigy. The world is obsessed with youth and feeling you have to have made it by your 20s or what are you doing with your whole entire life. Someone like her, someone like Viola Davis, who, again, didn't really get her shine until later on in life. Those are the people I look up to and sort of say, wow, well done you for continuing with your passion and I think Ava talked about it. Ava, first name basis. My <laughs> best friend. She talks about it. I think not too long ago, an article just saying, do it for the love of it rather than for the fame. And I guess, you know, there are some people who are in it to get a sort of success. But she said she was just as happy as showing her documentary to 30 people in a community hall and seeing their reaction versus screening it at, you know, with Netflix and, you know. Yeah. getting a reaction from the whole entire media. Like she just loves creating content and that creates a reaction in people or changes their thoughts in some way. That's what she set out to do. Yes. So to her, that is success, whether she's showing it to, you know, a film festival versus a community hall. 
So I look up to her and sort of say, okay, you're successful because you're living out your life, doing something that you love and that you've chosen to do. And I know that not everyone has that wow, opportunity. Is, I thought this was going to be brief. But I know. Really I told you. I said, don't. Is this a quick fire question? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I, I was not. I thought this was just an extra bonus question. A quick fire question, my girl. Went. Listen, I don't do quick fire. I don't do quick. Uh, right, I am my mother's child. <laughs> I don't do quick. I'll sit you down and take you. Can Okay. Right, I'm doing quick. I'm doing quick fire. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Quick fire. Let's do quick. No, I do understand that. Okay. So now it's quick fire. Seriously. Yeah, it okay. was as well before. But okay, okay, again. Let's ignore uh, that one. That your, was a shout out to Abraham. What would you spend your last five pounds on? Plantain. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm being restricted. Yeah, you, you went so in like that. Her hands on the like... table, guys. You can't see her, but she's really restricted herself. And the way she fired it, like it was on rush. Plantain. <laughs> Look, I'm a mastermind. Wow, like, plantain. I like plantain. that. No one's want... ever said that. Should I? Yeah, please, explain? of course. Why not? Plantain is a gift from God. I like that. We should respect it. Like if I'm going to go out and like, this is my last five pounds, yeah. my last five pounds are about, you can buy like what, three for one pound in yeah. Peckham. Ah, I will enjoy. Why should I not enjoy? I'll enjoy life, please. Okay. Um, what is the most hated English word for you? Does that make sense? So the most hated? Yes. I don't like the word but. I try not to use it often. Explain. Especially when you're having a talk with someone and you're engaging in a debate because I feel like but is almost like okay I hear what you're saying but I don't I'm not gonna acknowledge it in any sort of positive way it's almost no. like it negates what you've just said you've just prior, said but yeah. yeah so okay so I liked that top but yeah. if there was <laughs> another one that would be better just say you don't like the top you don't yeah. like the top that's fine right or you like the top okay but don't pretend that you like the top and then put but after it I think yeah, I think it's just a conversational thing where people, I don't know, a lot of people talk to respond and don't talk to listen and really acknowledge what people are saying to them and really internalise it. Think, okay, so that's where you're coming from. Okay, maybe I don't agree, and I'm going to tell you I don't agree, but I do respect what you just said. Yeah. I'm not going to put a but at the end of it to say, I disagree. Okay, so yeah. I want to give you the penultimate question oh. because I do. Um, <laughs> and we're looking at the timing. So. <laughs> Let's go. I do want to actually ask you, if you could do a TED Talk, anything outside your profession of marketing, what would it be on? Um, so I would do a TED Talk on being the loudest version of yourself. And I guess like going through professional, and this is like something that's happened like throughout my professional career. You know, people would give me advice like, oh, you've got to be, maybe be a bit louder or, you know, okay. in this industry, it's all about big personalities. And I think I went through a lot thinking that, oh my gosh, maybe I'm too quiet for media or maybe I'm not, I don't really fit as a media personality because, you know, this is what I'm sort of seeing outside the, you know, quiet exhibitionist. I'm not really one of those. Um, so it took me a while to realise, and I say a while in that it's only been maybe the last few years or even a year or two, that you don't have to be another person. You can be yourself, but just be a louder version of you. Okay. So don't shy away from the things that make you you. So yes, I've got a very silly sense of humor. My little brothers cuss me all the time saying like, you're such a big kid. So before maybe I was stifled that. I like embrace that. Yes, I'm a big kid. I'm going to have fun and jokes because that's just who I am. I'm not a different person. I'm just embracing who I am and being louder with it. So if I was to give a TED talk, it would just be to encourage everyone so you don't have to be different to fit in. You just be a louder version of yourself because you are you. There's nothing that's going to 
change that. And my final question before I ask you how we can find you on the World Wide Web cool. <laughs> is how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as someone who has sort of um, championed diversity and inclusion. I think that's like my biggest life passion, I would say. Um, so that's why CNTV plays like a big role in my life. Um, it's just about giving people a platform for their voices to be heard. So I've coined the term myself. I don't know if I should say it here, but yeah, there's some. I'm coined my. I know, exclusive. <laughs> 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 um, so people, some people call themselves. Some people call themselves a storyteller. I sort of call myself a story seller because I like to sell other people's stories and give them a platform where they can shout about you know, their experiences or their talents. So that's what I do through CTV. Marketing is part of selling as well. So I just feel like those, that sort of word brings it all together. So to be known as a great story seller. Okay, guys, I feel like I feel like we need to definitely get you round two, round three, oh, round four. Listen, you know I can talk <laughs> now, right? Because I don't you have many bio. hats and I there do, are plethora yeah. of things that we clearly haven't touched upon That's which i'd like to and guys do also make me accountable so if there's any questions that you were like Ade, why didn't you ask michelle <laughs> this that or the other yeah get at me or get at her directly and how Ooh. can we get at you directly i like that link um find me on twitter as i mentioned at the beginning so at michelle shanty so it's m-i-c-h-e-l-l-e-s-h-a-n-t-i Find me on Instagram the same way, but I might block you if you look a bit creepy. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Facebook is for my friends and family, so nah. Yeah. Um, so when yeah, www.scenetv.co.uk. Amazing. Yeah. And when we do find you, is there anything specific? Just say hi. Like I'm a friendly person. And, and what, is what it can I help can you do? with? Oh, and then can what can you. you do for me? Gotcha. Oh, I like that. What can you do for me? Yeah, I know. Sound like a boss. No. <laughs> you're a boss. No. <laughs> Don't you dash. No boss. Okay. Um, so I do. I am going to round it up. But guys, once again, thanks very much for listening to another episode of Black Titulate. You already know how to get in touch with us. So please do. And stay tuned for the next episode. Peace. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. We would love to know what your thoughts are, what you think about the episode, so please do leave us a comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And if you are somebody who does what our guest does, and there were things that we didn't cover, or perhaps you might have a different perspective on how to get into the industry, how to sustain it, how to thrive in it, how to kill it, then please get in touch too. Now, how do you get in touch? Well, you can reach us via email on contact at blackticulate.com or any of the major social media platforms, it is simply Blackticulate. So we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, SoundCloud. Give us feedback, help us grow, help us be accountable to you so the quality is always better, better, better. You guys are the best. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you in another episode of Blackticulate. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 